Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for garage guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garage guys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders $30 or more. And use promo code garage guys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about promo code garage guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the garage guys NASCAR podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the garage guys NASCAR podcast, AKA the Christopher Busher NASCAR podcast. I'm Dale Tanhart. Joined by Garage Guy Chase. I hope you guys all had a phenomenal weekend watching the action at Road America and Richmond. And usually the Garage Guy's opening, but we agreed it seemed appropriate that I could open for this one because I'm still and probably will forever brag about the Christopher Busher 80 to 1 bet. And I hope you guys, if you were on it, you got to brag too. You have to brag forever about this bet. Christopher Busher broke the sports books uh, this past weekend on Sunday at Richmond Raceway. Chase, how are you feeling about uh, everything since you've seen all of the Christopher Busher betting slips and you've gotten the report out over on YouTube as well? Man, I feel fantastic. And yeah, we had to flip the script on all y'all because of how Garage Fam Dale flipped the script on Vegas this weekend in a big way these are the kind of bets that come around once every now and again it's not something you're going to get on a consistent basis it's something that is special and what happened with chris busher was ultra special i I had the top 10 on him i didn't have the outright and i haven't been more happier in my life for the amount of people that have cashed this bet and and there was a couple of people that actually uh hit me up in the comments and, and talked to me and they were just like you manifested this so i just i will take my w for being the uh the sacrificial manifestor uh of of That's these bets happening yeah because we did talk about last week about how I, I pulled out the stone dude i was i said i said it's gonna happen it's gonna be a giant week it's gonna be a big week that really happened that is factual history uh you can go listen to it on last week's episode and we did it we're men of our work uh but but i am ecstatic happy for chris busher this the uh the the city of prosper texas uh do, doing very well dude <laughs> we cannot you know it's it's i didn't hear the call because i started yelling when he came off a of turn four but we can't live it down that that is just the weirdest call by rick out it's yeah. just the weirdest it's the weirdest fucking call like Total audible it's a rick allen vintage move though like that's you know making some of these moments that are really cool big moments like kind of making them awkward and now, and, and everybody on Twitter is eating it up. They're eating it up. Like, what did he say? Population of 30. Like, he's literally crossing the line. And he's like, population of 30,000. Like, what the fuck are we talking Low key about? Low-key shitting on your hometown a little bit. Just like, this This guy knows nothing. He's okay, but here's, he comes well, here's the, the deal. <laughs> here's why it's, it's weird. Because, like, 
usually people say those stats when it's like hometown of 38 people, you know, because there are those towns that some of these guys, some athletes grow up and be, you know, in the NFL, MLB or whatever. And when they have big moments, like they'll say his hometown is, you know, he has a hometown of 48 people. Can you believe that? 30,000, 30,000 is like, I guess on the grand, you know, uh, that's your average municipality. You know, but like, yeah, it's not anything like it's not a crazy. It's not a crazy. I'm from Hattiesburg. What is Hattiesburg? I want to oh, look it up. Yeah, 60,000. Yeah. You got to be right between 50 and 100K. I would let's think. See. Let's, see, let's see. I know my okay. hometown is like like 8000 people. Right. Like that's see, that's a notable thing that would be more reasonable i guess but it's just hilarious that he said that at the end okay hattiesburg says forty-seven thousand as of oh wow as of uh 2021 so that's gone up Built but it. still i don't want to i don't want to get too topic it's just kind of funny that that was like the go-to that was the go-to in one of his big career moments you know i uh, just it's it's hilarious everyone but, was watching from new york city in la you know, that, that's yeah. what mattered, I guess. <laughs> RFK did a good job with the memes. They they made some good memes about, like, that call, like, everybody in Prosper, Texas. And it's, like, the meme video of everybody at that bar, like, watching the big screen, celebrating, going crazy. Like, how many people do you actually think in Prosper, Texas were watching that fucking race? Dude, I hope fuck everybody. I hope everybody has, like, Chris Busher. I hope it looks like the Indy 5, the month of May. I hope it looks like the month of May in Indy, but for Chris Busher, like, every day. Chris is just, (laughs) he's just so quiet. Like, I I just would think that if there is one driver unknown by his hometown, it would be Chris Busher. He's so quiet. Yeah, he's got Waterboy vibes for sure. Just like, you know, I was born in a small town, John Cougar Mellencamp, like waking up on the front porch every day. He's got those vibes to him. I tried to give him some personality. I found like a picture of him like mean mugging for the Garage Guys report, and I liked it. And I was like, Chris needs some kind of personality. So I threw some Mike Jones on the post on Instagram, some still tipping, you know, so – trying to give him a little little bit of personality because he does kind of like remind me of like a human mayonnaise jar. A little bit. He so, kind of, well, you know, he's from Texas. A guy yeah. that, a guy that didn't have a lot of personality from Texas that was pretty good was Texas Terry Labonte. You know, Terry was kind of just a, you know, Isn't Terry that was just such a, guy. a weird fucking coincidence. Oh my god, I just realized that. So if I don't know if you saw it or not, but I posted a photo, um, posted a photo Sunday morning of me like standing in a corner wearing like dollar store athletic shorts and my red coat. Yo, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I was holding a picture of fucking Texas Terry, dude. But you always do shit like that, though. I do. But what made me... But, like, I didn't even think twice about it. Like, wow. Like, wow. Didn't even think about that correlation right there until just now. So the signs were all around us. There was not. They can't be denied. I guess so. But, I, I mean, yeah. I feel like you always have something Terry going on, though. I love Terry. Shout out to him. But that's fine. We can use that to the to add to the to fuel the pot of of superstition helping in Chris Busher's win on Sunday. It was a fun weekend of racing. Um, SRX, I finally lost an SRX betting card. Kyle Busch uh, went out there and 
he didn't smoke everybody, but he was the best. He bullied. Um, he bullied. I'll say he that. did. He, he did. Way up did. there. Shout out to Paul Tracy for getting banned or not banned, but suspended for continuously causing accidents. That's been a fun topic. Um, oh yeah. Lead into Richmond. Well, well, Road America was first. Shout. I guess like in the. It's overshadowed how good that Road America race was because of the the underdog win by Chris Buescher. That Road America race, and I don't know if you watched it or not, was unbelievable at the end. Unbelievable. The two-to-go lap was one of the best laps, the most exciting NASCAR laps I've ever seen. It was insane. It sucks, and I tweeted about this. It sucked for betting because Justin Allgaier, if you had Allgaier, you were literally dominating the entire race. Not even, I mean, untouchable. No one could pass him. And then he gave it away at the end. And Sage Karen was like 60, 80 to one, almost won it. But my guy, Sam Mayer, with a little bit of luck, a guy I've been betting on all year, 18 to one, got the dub. Um, but that Road America race was awesome. Did you, did you watch it? So I didn't get to watch any of it. I did get caught up on it, though, because one of our hotline callers, uh, he's in the running for caller of the month. He he gives me this full, like, uh, Casey Kasem style rundown. I, I've seen this, the Casey Raysom. Yeah, Casey Raysom. Yeah, That's pretty funny. You can vote for him right now. There's him, Bill for Belleville, and Brady from Mississippi. Uh, so those are the guys in the running. It'll be a vote all week. But, yeah, he told me a little bit about the Sage – uh carom thing and i haven't got to go back but yeah shout out to little sammy mayor uh it's good to see him get that and it was uh coming as a surprise i didn't have much skin in the game on anything other than the cup race this week and i had like a parlay i made like grant Infinger, aj allmendinger and kyle larson shit the bed royally so um but yeah, he was excited, man. I saw a couple of photos of him in victory lane, and you can just see the emotion on that dude's face. So, and that, somebody tweeted about like he's not over twenty one. What do we celebrate? Chicken tenders, Capri Sun, <laughs> like one of yeah. the things that worked for Junior Motorsports that we knew. Uh, it was hilarious. It was a weekend of breakthroughs, like big time breakthroughs. Oh well, well, okay, Carson Hosevar. It's been a breakthrough year, breakout year for him, but yeah, I he, didn't expect him to win that race. Um, that was a heartbreaker for me and a lot of people in the Garage Guys community because a lot of us bet on Ty Majeski and they tried that strategy of running it all the way through. And honestly, you know, I was so mad. I, I, we talk about this. I, I get angry about bets. We all do. I tweeted that it was a, a huge low IQ move by the team to do that strategy. And I still think it was an awful call. It was an awful call when you have the best truck in the field by a long shot. Cause if you pit with Hosevar there, you literally just got to beat him head up straight up. If you don't have a mistake on pit road and your truck is better. I mean, I've never seen someone carve through the field at Richmond, like Ty Majeski did from like 19th after a speeding penalty. It was insane. It was insane. So I don't, I don't think it was a low IQ move. That was pretty aggressive. So I do, you know, I do retract the wording there. I still think it was a bad call when you have, if you don't have the best truck, like what Eckes did, or if you're someone like Zane Smith that was in third or fourth, and you do that call, try it, gamble, that's one thing. 
But Ty, man, you got the best truck. Why do we not just pit when host of our pits and then just run them down and beat them? He should be on Ford commercials. Let's be honest. Uh, so what I tweeted out when I saw him and how quickly he was able to saw through the field, I was like, this dude should be on every Ford commercial in America. This is your truck guy right here. This is your poster boy. It, it was uh, it was phenomenal. And, and you know, him coming from a, uh, you know, the short track and iRacing background, big time. Another one of those guys in that stable. Um, that's a guy in your corner right there, you know. It's a guy yeah. that we all know and love so it uh it, it should have shook out but it did play out the way it did uh carson hosevar got to bite a chain at richmond saw he had that big chain everybody's with those big plastic chains you know what i'm talking about you seen those yeah 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 i get it it's like it's kind of like the turnover chain and that they started doing a few years ago in college football and shit it's like the new like a, it's a win for winners. Belt. yeah it's like your 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 modern wwe belt I would say like, but for other things that aren't WWE, uh, I think that that's a fair assessment of it. And also to, uh, we should have saw Chris Busher wear something like that. I feel like the, the, the more wins that come for RFK and for Chris, I feel like the personality will bleed out. I also still stand by the fact that Carhartt should sponsor him. He looks like the kind of guy that should have on a Carhartt at all times. And could well, you, you know, a Carhartt fire suit? Could you imagine it? Well, there it's existed. Carhartt used to sponsor Matt, uh, Matt Kenseth Boom. in in the number seventeen car, by the way. So that's interesting that you said that because you probably had no clue, right? Did you have any clue that they sponsored? Was it Kenseth? a short period of time? Was it a couple of races? So they would do it. They they were on his car for a few years. Okay. Um, but it was they were like a secondary sponsor, so they would do you know one race here one race there for like i don't know i'm 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 looking at the paint scheme right now um University this a fusion so they definitely i think they started with him probably in like 05 or 06 into like the car tomorrow like 09 to, yeah here's a car tomorrow paint scheme but yeah carhartt was with the 17 at one point mm. so it needs to come back see this everything comes full circle does carhartt sell two pays ooh do you think Chris needs one? No, no, no. I just want I just speaking out loud. Matt um, Kenseth was a was, is, I think is a two pay guy. Yeah. Wonder if they provided him a, we a should very a soft video on that terrible two pay. We should we should investigate it and ask Spears. Well, I, I I still bring this up sometimes. We hadn't talked about it here in a while, but like, dude, Matt. No one ever talks about. They started talk finally. Whenever he went on, I hadn't seen the interview. He went on the Dale Jr. download with with Junior, him, their buddies. I finally started seeing comments on on TikTok reel or clips where people were like, "Matt, you have a toupee." I'm telling you, me and my dad since like 2003, we're talking about which my dad I was like seven years old, but my dad literally made me not like Matt Kenseth <laughs> as a child because my dad didn't like it because he always thought he wore a toupee and he thought it was dishonest. It was like. Uh... You know what I mean? So I always never liked Matt Kenseth because of my dad. And I didn't understand the reasoning until, you know, I guess when I was like 11 or 12 years old. Look at us, dude. Like the, the, that exact like scenario is hilarious. But like, dude, there's something so true about that, right? You just blindly follow your pops 
when it come to NASCAR growing up as a child. Like I except didn't, for Gordon, I, we hated Jimmy except Johnson. For Gordon. We did, and then when I started really paying attention, I'm like, that's why we don't like Jimmy Johnson. Okay, but I didn't really. I don't know if I followed my dad on hating Jimmy. I hated Jimmy because I liked Jeff. And there was like when I was eight years old is when I was really zoned in, like 2004 season. And I knew that I knew the story that Jeff brought Jimmy on. And I I hated that Jimmy was coming in and winning these races. And he was a teammate of Jeff, kind of like stealing some of that, some of that thunder from Gordon, even though Gordon, like that year, had a great year, but Jimmy did beat him in the points. So I don't, and I think my dad just didn't like, he was just, Jimmy was so like, he was so vanilla, man. He was so vanilla, just like NHL. very, very collected, very calm, like not ever not getting in a lot of beef type arguments either. Like, I don't know. I guess my dad just didn't didn't really like that that much either. But the Matt yeah. Kenseth thing is is hilarious. The dishonesty. Like, that's the thing I can just imagine him just sitting there just like, mm, I don't trust that guy. I Dude, don't trust like that. <laughs> yeah, but but here's the thing. It's so weird because me and my dad just continuously I, I look at all these situations and me and my dad are just incidentally so much like Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's 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 ridiculous. I know you stopped watching Curb, uh, but you need to rewatch it because there's a fucking episode where Larry David is investing in this restaurant and he hires a chef and the chef comes in with it in an interview. He's like the best chef in town. He's amazing. Spectacular. All the investors love him. Like, he's their guy. And then Larry is at a store one day and sees a bald guy checking out. And he's like, man, that guy looks familiar. Who is that guy? And him and uh, Jeff, Jeff Green or Jeff Garland are like, and Jeff's like, I don't know. He's like, no, 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 that's somebody we know. And he finally realizes it and he goes, that's our chef. And Jeff's like, no, wait, he's, he's bald. Our chef has hair. And Larry's like, no, that's the chef. He walks up and confronts him, and it's the fucking chef, and he's bald. And Larry fires him because he thinks he's dishonest. Oh my god! About because he's wearing a toupee. <laughs> Dude, and I, I, like, look. If you wear a toupee, like, I don't have a problem. With it. I think it's whatever. But like that, that precedent is fucking hilarious to me. It is. And that, the fact that my dad influenced my liking or disliking of a driver because of that precedent is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a hands down right there. And uh, I'm not not uh, not retired from curb by any means. I've definitely uh, I've been behind on certain things. My wife will like find shows for us now. And she's like, come watch this. And I'll have my like one hour window before I'm like back staring at a computer again. But it's uh, it's definitely a a hilarious thought. And you really have me now. I think I'm going to have to do an Aspiracies episode. We might have to, and I feel like you need to be a part of it. I feel like we need to get your dad to be a part of it. <laughs> like, we need to invest in <laughs> Probably. Like, just Probably. full-blown unsolved mysteries, music, magnifying glasses, black and white photos of Matt Kenseth. <laughs> like, we, it just bothered me so bad because no one... Like if you go back, like I would. Look I've never at heard of that. I never thought about that. No one ever, because like I. Always, no one would talk him. about it. Yeah, he. No one would talk about guy. it. But like Jimmy Spencer, everybody talked about it. Like they brought mm-hmm. it up on a broadcast one time. Because he's fat. Because he's fat. You think that's why? I, I don't know. Maybe it's because he's troublemaking. But pe- Sterling Marlin, people would talk about it. You know, but no one would say it with Matt Kenseth, and, and he, 
Uh, he'd get out of the car and he just he always has the weirdest looking hairline, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe he does have a toupee. I don't know, but I think like God fuck ninety percent chance he does. <laughs> yeah, but... it's a great toupee, dude. I think it's a great toupee if it if it is. I yeah. and and I I need to be comfortable in in knowing whether this is true or not because I mean he's the only driver that shares a birthday with me. There's not many people that have a birthday on March the tenth. And Matt, I did not know that. Um, yeah, Matt's Matt's the only guy that I share a birthday with. So it's like, we need to get to the bottom of this, dude. If you're gonna be a March 10th guy, I need to know you got glue and a rug on your head or not. So yeah, we're gonna, I, we're gonna crack down to it. Him and Joey Logano, best friends. Yeah, yeah. At least Joe. Well, yeah. I mean, Joey was like Joey. Joey has like a disease or not a disease, but like a uh, alopecia. Yeah, that condition. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a lot disease of- is probably not the right term, but. No, a lot of people I know, I, there's a girl that I know very well that has it, and she just rocks it. She's just full, just like, you know, Queen Nephrodite out here with it. Like, she, she loves that's it. Cool. She don't care. And, um, but, yeah, apparently that's a thing. I never heard about that when I was a kid, and then I just started, like, seeing multiple people have it. I mean, shit, I'm going bald. I attribute it to wearing a hat my whole life, and even if I got surgery, I'd still wear hats. And people are like, why would you do that? And I'm like, well, I probably shouldn't. But, you know, it's a part of life. Shit happens, you know. And uh, some people have good hair genes. Some people don't. And uh, But, yeah, Joey Logano got his bolted on his head. That shit. Don't, don't tell us we're off topic, by the way, because Matt Kenseth did did drive the 17, and that is mm-hmm. what Chris Buescher drives. But We're just it's turning a, this into the Naspiracies episode. Yeah, you're right. It's a, fun, it's a fun conversation, I think. You know, I think a good place for us to move from there, you know, we talk about, you know, Kenseth was a big – he was the big tool guy for a long time. Stanley car, right? He rolled around the Stanley car. He did D-Walt. the Craftsman car, D-Walt, all that D-Walt. jazz. Let's talk about Chris Bell and how he failed – uh, a lot of folks, uh, he needs to be racing dirt. I say it every time. The reason Chris Bell is not performing is because he's not racing on dirt because Papa Joe won't let him go race dirt. The only race he's won this year, dirt. That says something. That's yeah, I need him to win another one so I can hit my over. I have hit, I've still hit no future bets so far. None. Mm. I'm close. I got Ben Rhodes over one and a half. I got Bell over one and a half. Uh, Logano under three and a half, and I got Briscoe over 0.5. I don't think that was going to happen now, and I was pretty confident that one early in the year. But I feel no, good dude. About the Briscoe one. I feel like there may be one or two spots. Oh, they're just he's just his race. This would have been a spot because Stuart Haas was good. This was a very weird race, right? It was a typical Richmond race so with weird. long green flag runs, um, which I think. I, I can see both sides. Like, I feel like I can see, like, this is a boring fucking race, right? If you didn't bet on it and you're just watching, you're just like, yeah, this is kind of boring. But also, I, I talk about this, like, when we go to Sonoma. Um, I think it's kind of refreshing to have one of these racetracks that you know what the racing is going to be like, and it's going to be more calm. Because NASCAR is so chaotic these days. Constant chaos. It's nice to have a race that's mellow. I think because and Brad Keselowski, I think, said this in his post race. I saw a quote from somebody like Jeff Gluck or or front stretch. He said long green flag runs like this. What we had at Richmond this past weekend. This is what NASCAR was when he entered the series back in, you know, 2008, 2009 ish. Mm -hmm. That's what NASCAR was. And people didn't complain about it. So like 
now it's so much chaos and it's so much drama. Um, it's to me, it's always nice to have races like this. As much as I don't like Richmond having two races, just because I think it's just it, it is boring. It definitely is boring. But with all the chaos we have in NASCAR, sometimes you know I sit back and I'm like, uh, oh, maybe it's not bad that we have a, a, a Richmond and a Sonoma and a New Hampshire and a race races that are what they are, no matter what car we have, you got no matter if it's COT, gen six, whatever Richmond is Richmond, you know, Sonoma, is Sonoma, New Hampshire has been a little more exciting recently, but tip, New Hampshire is, is New Hampshire. So, um, I, I like what Brad said. And speaking of Brad, you know, we talk about bell who was, uh, it was such a weird race and bell was not good. Had a pit road speeding penalty, could never get back up there. I don't even know if we knew what kind of car Bell even had. Like, I don't think it was a winner, uh-uh. but you, you start in the back, you don't move your way up, you have a penalty, you're you're constantly trailing, you're constantly just trying to get back to the point where you can even be on the lead lap. So I don't it, even know if we know what Bell had. It seemed like nobody could really. I mean, if you were outside of like you know the top. 14 i would say top 15 like you were just kind of in this black hole of life and that's kind of like what richmond has become i mean there was a lot of 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 failures in this race people that should have done way better people that were on their job earlier in the year at richmond like the entire fucking chevy camp um just trailing back a bit what you said about brad k i liked it so much that it was the cold open of the garage guys report episode 10 so i clipped up that entire interview where brad was talking about richmond why that kind of racing is important and and you know why it needs to be here so i had literally no idea yeah if you want to go if you haven't got to hear that quote i think matt weaver had tweeted it out if you haven't got to check that video clip out just go click on the report episode 10 on youtube and you'll start off right with that um, so yeah, it was amazing what Brad said. It just makes me gain more and more respect for the man, uh, day in and day out. But yeah, talking about some of these, these followers, man, like, so basically the entire Hendrick camp, they, they showed some glimpses of, of hope. William Byron, dude, shit the bed completely like Rudy few, the entire, like they just gave up, dude. Like I am under this, I'm under this like assumption that it, some of these guys in the Chevy camp, it's almost like they were like, okay, we can't win today. I don't care what happens. Let's fall, you know, off the face of the earth. Dude, I mean, what they did. Well, I mean, yeah, William Byron is surprising. And that was one of my early leans. I didn't bet him, but I was like, you know, nine to one, will he be let a lot of laps here? I'm definitely thinking about it. And then Sunday, um, I was just kind of like, eh. I looked at it. I did stare at it. I was like, uh, I'm already on Elliot. And Elliot was the best out of the Hendrick guys for most of that race. And it still wasn't. Elliot had a good points day. Hung around the top 10. Yeah. Got some stage points. But, yeah, they just they just did not keep up. And it was Stuart Haas, right? Like, you talk about some failures or followers or whatever you said. Kevin Harvick was a guy that should have been better than a ninth place car. I mean, he did not have it. And it's weird because his teammates did. Uh, if Al Marola doesn't have a, a, a penalty 
and bad pit stops every fucking time he came to pit road. Hmm. Eric Almirola may have been a factor. And then Ryan Priest was fantastic. He can't, he overcame a penalty to get a top five. And if a yellow doesn't come out, he would have finished third. So can I tell you what weird that Harvick didn't have it? I need to tell you. So, um, and I'll tell everybody listening too. So, uh, me and Priest have been back and forth on Instagram and I ended up messaging, uh, messaging him because we were talking about, uh, May, may or may not be doing a garage talk with Ryan Priest here in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned with, for that. But uh, when he got that P5, I said, P5, boy, and I put some uh, lightning bolts. He sends me a screenshot of Tupac ambitions as a rider. <laughs> and I'm like... That's kind of awesome. And it was great because when we were on playback, I was sitting there just like, my ambitions as a rod, a rod, a rod. Like, the whole time, I'm like, that's what's going through Ryan's head. And then, boom, he fucking sends me that screenshot. And I'm like, dude, I literally told everybody this is what was going on in your head while you were racing. When you were Yeah, that's restart. that's actually fucking awesome. That's yeah, That makes Ryan so much more likable. Sunday was magical is what I'm trying to say. Even though there was a lot of... On my end, especially, I let my pride get the best of me with the bow tie. There's only one manufacturer that'll do it, and it's that. And that's basically because my dad put the uh, the picture of the little kid pissing on the Ford emblem in my Christmas stocking and made me think that every uh, mythological creature that gave you presents as a kid hated everything but Chevrolets and um, basically brainwashed me to be a Chevrolet person. Uh, so, yeah, I blame that. And uh, and and also blame Chevrolet because I just don't see how you miss the mark that bad when you actually were worth a fuck earlier in the year. The only thing I feel like that can factor into this is weather, like heat. No, I just think other extremely hot. I just think other teams gained, man. Like, and this is what I said on our on our uh, Sunday pod where where I gave the Busher bet. I think like twenty three eleven. I talked about huge their guys. Their guys finished second and third at North Wilkesboro, right? Yeah. And then they went to New Hampshire and were really good. They found something, right? And then they went out and led half the race between Reddick and Bubba Wallace. What is the something? That's what I want to find out. Like, is it a line we're running? Like, because there's so much data we can crunch, but like, I just feel like the answer is going to be in the film. So uh, there's some kind of. It's it's just about setup, right? Like they and, and I, that sounds way simpler than it is. I don't know what all entails of building a fucking race car, right? But they found something in their setup that worked at New Hampshire or North Wilkesboro, and they said, "Let's run this at Richmond. Let's run sim data on this." And they were like, "This is good. This is going to work." And it, it it was amazing. Tyler Reddick, if he doesn't make that that big mistake hitting the commitment line on pit road. He definitely runs top three in that race, right? Worst case scenario, probably a top five pending. Uh, he was up front when that yellow happened, and there was a little bit of jumping up on the restart. But, you know, Stuart Haas racing, I kind of perplexing because they weren't great at New Hampshire. Um, they had a couple. They were okay at North Wilkesboro in the All-Star race. Chase Briscoe in particular was good. They were really good at Martinsville earlier in the year. They were okay at Richmond earlier in the year. And then they came out here, and I mean, like like I said, Ryan Priest top five, Eric Almirola started twenty fourth, finished eighth, Chase Briscoe started twentieth, finished eleventh, and hung around the top fifteen most of the day. Um, but then Kevin Harvick 
who we a lot of us thought was going to win or be a top five guy. I don't even know if he ever made the top five. He just hung around six to 10th the whole race. So such a weird race. And you talk about Chevy. The only Chevys that finished top 10 were both RCR cars. I mean, fucking what? Which they talk about setup. RCR clearly found something in a new new setup that Kyle Busch talked about, like trying something completely new because they were so ass at Martinsville and Richmond earlier in the year and New Hampshire. They just threw something else at it, and it worked. And Kyle Busch ran third, hung around the top ten most of the day. And Austin Dillon, who's had yeah. an awful year, top ten, and that was a good that was a good bet to have that that one. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been betting on Austin. Like I have my little group of guys. My group of top ten guys this year has been Stenhouse, Busher, and Dillon. That's like my little trio of top ten uh, bet extraordinaires. Except it hasn't been that extraordinary with Austin. So it was good to see him get that top 10 here because, like, I was putting it all out on the line for a ninth or a tenth place finish. I didn't think it would be any better than that. So I knew I had very slim margins that I had to uh, operate with. So I, I'm very glad to see him come through. And, yeah, RCR just – dude, that that's what makes RCR RCR, right? I feel like that's what separates them from Chevrolet and NASCAR, in my opinion, from, like, every other Chevy team. They, 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 they're in their own category, man. And I, I love the fact that there's just this old school about that team with the eight. It's not so much the Earnhardt effect with the eight and the three for me anymore. It's just, they've got this mentality and now it, it, it it's going to be very hard to bet against Kyle Busch at these tracks now. Um, especially knowing that they've got whatever they had from there, they've got to have more, so a lot more brains, a lot more smarts flooding in. It seems like with like Kyle Busch and his team, like they're bringing new elements because they did operate a lot more close to that of Toyota. And I think maybe that has something to do with Kyle coming in, sharing some secrets he may have learned at JGR, uh, sharing some things that, that, that he's learned with these other manufacturers through the years. So, that's so why we love the sport and just people, you know, silly season coming in and out, sharing data, uh, you know, talking tips and tricks. There, there's Brad K. great things. Brad K. One of them. Brad K. Should have won that race. That's just what I wanted to say. Brad K. I'm, obviously, I'm happy Busher won, but you know, Brad K. If he doesn't slide through pit road, he probably wins. And look, Brad is. You guys have been with me probably a bunch on the heartbreak of Atlanta. He should have won Atlanta. I mean, my God, no one had, no one was more motivated and better during that Atlanta race than Brad K. Unfortunately, weather fucking sucks. And then he should have won. Uh, he should have won. Oh, wait, both Atlanta races. Fuck. I was going to say Talladega. And I was like, wait, no, nah, he was like top five at Dega. The other Atlanta race, he gave up the win to Joey Logano in the spring. And you guys have been with me on the heartbreak on Brad K and, I kind of incorporated to not betting on him um, on the pod. Actually on the Sunday pod, I was like, I'm leaning towards betting Brad K top 10 at plus money. That was a fucking easy bet. And I didn't pull the trigger. Cause I was like, man, it just seems like if luck isn't on his side, he makes mistakes. Like we've seen him in the last couple of years, make a lot of kind of bonehead errors that have taken him out of races, like a lot of speeding penalties. He made a deal with a black market leprechaun. That's exactly what happened. Black market leprechauns. Like yeah, yeah. that's what it feels like. Because well, 
It's the same thing. He just he always finds a way to put himself in a in a shitty situation. And so I, I don't blame you for not putting anything down on there because that's realistic. And I mean, for me, honestly, I was so caught up more on the pit side of things that that's kind of what made me not bet on Busher. And he had one of the best crew, best some of the best stops of the day, and it was just consistent. Everything flowed. So, yeah, more of the consistency is definitely with Chris at RFK. But that that's the reason why I didn't I didn't lean into that because I just felt like that's going to be heartbreak and I don't want to set myself up for it. But um, it, it happened to Brad, didn't happen to Chris. Thank God it didn't happen to Chris. But I, I feel like we're close. I feel like Brad is close. Like it, it it seems that way, right? Like, do you get that feeling that like we're he's close of paying off whatever fucking karma that this is? Dude, I don't think it's a feeling. It's a interesting dude. I think it's a inevitability because they're bringing really good race cars to the track. They're leading laps. They're firmly both, and before this weekend, firmly both in the playoffs, just on points. Um, which we're in a danger zone for Brad coming up because we're coming up to to a lot of tracks that he's not great at. When you look at these road courses, uh, before you get into the playoffs, I mean, obviously he's good at Daytona, but. If if multiple guys outside that top sixteen win, they could he could get pushed out. So that's another thing. Like I do think the win's gonna happen. Um, I think he's gonna win Talladega, no question in my mind. He's gonna win Talladega. He might win Daytona. You're just not gonna hold Brad K off out of winning a race two years in a row. This guy's a Hall of Famer. He's a champion. And last year they had bad race cars most of the year. Now they have a full season of really, really good race cars in 2023. So I think the win's going to happen, but definitely kind of, if you look at the playoff picture, kind of a danger zone for Brad Gay coming up with some of these road courses where a Chase Elliott could win, a Michael McDowell could win. So it really stings that he didn't get a victory at some of these tracks we talked about where he was the guy to beat, including this past weekend. If there is one place that Brad K wants to win and that I feel that he's been close. I mean, he's definitely been close to his career here. I mean, a shit ton of top tens, never, never got the win. It's coming up this weekend, in Michigan. Uh, he finished 15th here last year. And with the way that they're putting these cars together, obviously he's got some things, right? I just think they don't, I think they just don't have the mile and a half speed. No, I mean, I get it. I get that. But it kind of, but, but also to, to that point, it's just if they picked up something new last week and they, they bring it, it's just going to come out of nowhere. And, and I feel like that's what's happening right now. But their short track speed didn't come out of nowhere, though. Brad's been really no, good. They've had that. At shorter, flatter tracks in 2023. And he's been, he's had some top tens, at, you know, Fontana, um, I don't, I think he, no, I don't think he had one at Pocono. Well, look, yeah, I think they've been is, you know, momentum is real. Momentum's a thing and it can yeah, for sure. add and boost the quality of, of somebody on a racetrack, <clears throat> especially knowing they're in a position now, because like you said, like, like Chris is in on wins, right? Brad is, he's the, he's the P Diddy. This is what I call him on the report. He's the P Diddy of NASCAR. He's all up in the, the victory lane photos, all up in the videos when Chris wins. You know, he's there. You know, that's that's his role. B. Diddy. 
That's why I started calling the guy. And he wants to be there with Chris. There's no doubt in my mind. Because in Brad's mind, nothing's changed. He's still Brad K. It's just his performance hasn't shown it. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw him come out and have a great day at Michigan and, and he was able to hold it together. It's just about his ability to hold it together. I know one thing. Crooked ass stops. Yeah. Speeding on pit road. The discord already likes Brad K for this weekend. Trending around 30 to one ish. I don't, I don't, I'm probably not going to be on Brad this weekend. I think they're, if you look at this race last year too, and then you look at Pocono, Toyota, my God, Toyota on, on these intermediates has been lights out recently. So I, I, I've, Really, really, really look at twenty three eleven. This is That's, a shot, maybe. I forgot I bet on Bubba to win the pole. I thought I bet on Bubba to win the race last year. I ended up betting on him to get the pole on accident. Yeah, and then he did. Yeah, it was like thirty to one. Yeah, I had like that. I had like a fucking grand in my I'm like, where did this come from? It's like I had no clue. You know, yeah. like, oh, shit. I did not bet on Bubba to win. I bet on him for the pole. For the pole, yeah. No, that's a of one of those happy accidents, right? It is. I remember. Oh, I I I don't remember who qualified second, but I I had whoever qualified second in that one, which is you know basically the status quo when it comes to my qualifying bets for the most part. But I think it's a good segue. Richmond is Richmond. Um, it was a, it was a fun weekend of racing overall. Road America, my God, please come back to the Cup Series. Like we got to do something to get that back. And the Xfinity Series. Oh, I do want to ask you about one thing before we move into bets that we didn't talk about. I hadn't talked to you about it yet, off air or whatever, but Xfinity Series going to the CW Mm. starting in 2025. Fucking insanely huge deal, it seems like at least. Like almost $100 million a year, $115 million a year for like five years. It's like an $800 million deal to go to the CW network, which will give more access or easier access for people to watch because it's uh what's the term not it satellite local, but it's your local television yes uh, yeah they got one it's a cbs affiliate uh they got a, a cw in every town like new orleans is like nola 38 you know the CW. yeah i see yeah yeah, yeah. um i broke i i had some i had a little i had a joke about it on uh on the report it was one of my news segments um you know, and I'll be a little more serious about it here for sure. But yeah, I think it's a solid move uh, for the brand of the Xfinity series because, you know, the Cup series is always going to be a little bit more in that premier spot. And what I think we're going to see is, you know, our normal Fox stuff with Cup. I do think we'll have a couple of uh, summer races on Amazon Prime. And then I think we will, you know, have our typical USA or whatever. And then kind of see where it goes. But with Xfinity, the CW is kind of like teenagers public access television, right? It's like for the teens and shit. They had like shows like uh, Riverdale, which is like a, a, a remake of like a, a, like a teen bop version of Archie, the old comic book. It's kind of dark. Uh, they used to have a show like called the vampire diaries. Like they have like a lot of those like Marvel shows, like vampire shows, like kind of like weird shit. I see like, if I scroll through YouTube TV, I see like family guy and shit on CW. Yeah. They'll have the, the typical things that brings in the ratings, right? Like anything that has high numbers of ratings on other networks, like that CBS can be involved in. They'll like find little, 
little slots to like fill time. But with Xfinity, I feel like this opens up a new door, right? And, and I'm excited about it because I also found out, and some people might not know this, apparently Vice, Viacom with Vice or something, they, they're kind of like taking over some of that ownership now with the CW. Like they're kind of helping that direction from what I've heard in the background. So with Vice being in on it, and I know there's a lot of people that have hit or miss things to say about Vice, but I've always been one to say that if Vice Sports ever existed, like I would probably want to work with them just because you can, it's, there's a lot of elements to it. I feel like it would fit me, but with this, it allows them to open up a new door for the Xfinity series. And I think it's kind of what IndyCar really wants to do for like Indy next and it gives uh it just allows for a new way to kind of put xfinity in the spotlight it's its own thing it's a separate entity it's going to bring people there going to have new eyes it's got streaming services as well on like the cw.com so you can go on there and get that i think they need to come in hot though i think they need to come in hot with you know a young broadcast team I think that they need to really paint that picture around just, you know, the uh, the, the late millennial Gen Z uh, area. And if they can paint that properly and do that properly, there are so many things that can flourish to make this series even more popular and bigger than it is now. So I, I am personally, like, in all honesty, I am a fan of the move. And what a contract that they were able to, to etch out, right? Yeah, I kind of don't care that it's CW at this point because I'm oh I was stunned that NASCAR is you know their second their minor league right their secondary series was able to attract this kind of deal from anybody I don't care who it is that's insane that has to be good that has to be good like imagine if the fucking G League and the NBA struck this and i don't know maybe they do maybe they do they're on nba tv so they're basically in-house and and sometimes they're on espn i think uh like in preseason if there's a big shit a big if there's like a big prospect someone like the number one overall pick like the uh like a zion or the guy that got drafted this year like yeah. but for nascar's b series their minor league if you will to get a deal like that is a win and i don't care what network it's on you know and yeah. it's I think it's good because you have it on a network that we talked about over the air, I think it's a term, like local. It's local everywhere. Every local station has a CW, which is big because uh not everybody has FS1, which is a problem with viewership when it comes to na all three NASCAR national series that were on Fox, half the races are on FS1. Yeah. You don't have that anymore with the, with, the, with this series, which is really cool. So I think it's a an awesome deal, and I can't believe it happened. I can't believe it happened to the degree that it did. And it really speaks to, as I said on Twitter, it fucking sucks to bet on for the most part. But damn, it is the consistently the best natural racing in all of NASCAR, the Xfinity Series. The best natural racing. That race car is a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal car. A lot of young drivers, a lot of hungry drivers. It's consistently the best natural racing in all of NASCAR. And that's, uh, once again, Road America, Pocono. Last two races have been amazing at the end uh, with a lot of drama. And it's been, it's just really cool to see. I'm happy about it. But 
Um, Xfinity Series will be at Michigan. Haven't seen odds drop yet on any of these books, but let's get right into it. On the Cup Series, the Firekeepers Casino 400 at Michigan this weekend. As I said, when we were talking a little bit about Michigan, last year, Toyota was really good here. Intermediates, as of recently, Toyota's been really good here. I'll just go ahead and fire off right now. I think Joey Lug- or not Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace. I'm probably going to be betting on both of them before we get into the weekend because 2311 has not only just found speed at tracks like Richmond. They have been good and getting better and better just about everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. And this track falls right into Tyler Reddick's wheelhouse. He is an intermediate guy, and now he's in a race car that I think might be the car to beat this weekend, and you can literally bet him at 14 to 1, 15 to 1. That's a good line. That's a great line for me looking at Tyler Reddick. Ty Gibbs took this 45 car and only his third career start to a top 10 finish. Bubba Wallace had the best car in the field, finished second because Kevin Harvick caught a lucky caution on the final cycle of pit stops. But Toyota was was the manufacturer to beat here last year. They are the manufacturer to beat at Pocono. And I think there's some correlation there. I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I think 2311 is going to be easy money for me. Like, it's just going to be easy for me to lay that down. Kevin Harvick is obviously the guy that, you know, we've seen it. It might be a little unrealistic to think that it's going to be a reality. However, it's Harvick Talisman week. I don't care who you're betting on or if you have other guys involved or not. You're, you're to create a Harvick talisman. We did this last year for a top five. We made these little trinkets to get, so that we could help uh, Kevin Harvick get a top five. He ended up winning two races in a row. The energy was that strong. If we recreate that, we can get it, and we can let Rodney Childers talk to God once again. Uh, so I challenge you all this week to, to make your Harvick talismans and show them off in the Discord. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to bet on Kevin Harvick, no matter what, that's a, that's a given, but aside from him, I mean, you got to remember that, uh, with Ford kind of having a little bit of momentum that they have been having, like some of the guys to look at, obviously Penske, some people are going to want to take and turn their attention to a guy like, uh, Ryan Blaney, for instance, I feel like this could be a good track for Blaney to kind of like uh, help secure his spot even more. I don't think that Ryan Blaney is just going to be like, well, I, I got my win. I'm just going to ride it out to the playoffs. Like, no, he wants more. Everybody wants more. And if anybody needs more, it's Ryan Blaney. So he finished fifth here last August uh, and then the year before he won it. I, I don't think it's out of the question to see Blaney in contention possibly to win this one and over on Caesars right now. And you may have some better odds for us, Dale, but I know that over on Caesars uh, looking at him right now at 10 to one, he's got to be longer, got to be longer somewhere else. Right? Yes, dude. Caesars odds are really, really bad this week. I mean, they're fucking terrible. They're going to change. They're going to change. I guarantee you it's going to even out. uh, Can be. Campy's got Blaney at 14 to one with Reddick. Bubba Wallace at 16 to one. I like Blaney, too. If you look at Blaney's history here, this has been an amazing track for him. Mm-hmm. Dating back to, like, 2018, he had one bad race in 2019 where he finished outside the top 20. And in uh, in 2020 or 2021, I can't remember which one, 
He won 21. 2020, he was battling for the lead with, at the time, his teammate Brad K. And Brad K fucked up and wrecked both of them. And he finished 38th or something, 39th. Yeah. Joey won, right? Other than that, that race and the P24 somewhere in 2019, I think, Blaney has spent so much time on the top 10 at this racetrack. This has been an amazing track for Ryan Blaney. I'm eager to see some top 10 odds on Blaney, but 14 to one seems like a good price too. And talking about the Fords, Ryan Blaney has been the Pied Piper of the Ford manufacturer program on intermediate racetracks in 2023. Mm -hmm. Don't forget. I know he wasn't a factor towards the end of that race at Pocono. Blaney, Literally had taken the lead at Pocono, and then his engine went sour. He dropped a cylinder on the, in the final stage right after he took the lead. Sorry, by the so, way. So yeah, it's okay. It is what it is. It sucks, but we, we uh, well, I call happy that. about it. We we call. Oh, that. you curse. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Anyway, and and considering he won at Charlotte, other tracks he's had other intermediate intermediate tracks they've had speed. While a lot of the other Fords have struggled, Ryan Blaney I think is a good opening guy to consider if you don't want to consider some of the Toyota guys, but um, I, I'm on the 2311 guys off the bat. I think I'll be on Blaney. I want to see some top 10 odds to see if I can find something close to even money to bet. And then I think you got to look at track house. I think you got to look at track house here. They've been so hot and so cold through the last couple months. I think Ross Chastain at 18 to one, if they bring speed that they had at Fontana, or bring speed that they had at this race last year. Aside from the Toyotas, Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez were really fast in this race in 2022. Really, really fast. Ross Chastain ended up getting in a wreck with Christopher Bell. That caused that last caution, and it screwed over his teammate, Daniel Suarez, in the process, who had just pitted and gotten lapped. But before all that happened, they were both front runners, leading a lot of laps, running in the top three, and looking back at Fontana, another big two-mile racetrack, they finished third and fourth earlier this year. Now, Pocono, they weren't great. I don't know if we really know what Suarez had because he got wrecked kind of early in that race. And as I said, they've been hot and cold. But I think at 18-1, to 1, knowing the speed that we've seen on intermediate racetracks in the past from these guys, Chastain at 18-1 to 1 is a good bet. And then DraftKings... You know, I don't know if I'd bet Suarez at 30 to 1, 35 to 1. But Daniel Suarez is 60 to 1 on DraftKings at a race that he led a lot of laps here last year. And the desperation factor, got to get him in the playoffs somehow, some way, completely shit the bet at Richmond, wrecked at Pocono. I think 60 to 1 for Daniel Suarez is a pretty fucking good line. I like that. You want to talk about desperation to get in the playoffs, you got to go to this next guy. The, the one guy I'm looking at with Chevy right now has got to be Chase Elliott. Uh, may have longer odds. You might can confirm. I know he's 15-1 to 1 to win this race on Caesars. I feel like they might give a little bit more, maybe maybe, maybe go up to 18, but I don't think they will. I, he, I he's 15-1 to 1 on the other books, too. I don't mind the 15 to one. This is a track he's never won at. I mean, he, when he first started his career, I mean, he finished second here three times in a row. Uh, that, that being, you know, June, uh, between June and August, 2016, 2017 schedule looked a little weird back then, but he's never won here. He's had a shit ton of top tens, finished 11th here last year. Allen and chase 
have to win a race. If you were a Chase Elliott fan, you're a you know Hooters Racing fan, you're a Napa race, whatever. If you're a fan of Chase Elliott, you are in a fucking corner biting your nails because there's no other way for him to get it. For I him actually to think he can point his way in. You think he can point his way? Well, I, we, we can get into the math of it later. I'm sure that there's got to be a way. There's always a but way. But a win, yeah, a win would solve everything, and that's the goal, yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You don't have to worry about anybody else. You just get in there, do your job, you're done, and it's over. But you got to worry about a lot of factors. A lot of things have to align. The stars really have to come together, kind of like my MLB parlays that keep fucking falling by one goddamn leg. Happened again last night. I'm not happy about it. Um, but that's a story for another time. Well, that's what you get for betting on non-sports. It's a sport. Don't. Uh, so Chase Elliott, I like him and Allen this week. I think that that would probably be the one Chevy. I, I think I feel like I want to ride this out. I feel like I want to ride betting on Chase Elliott out until until Daytona, and, and I think that that's a decent strategy. I think that that's an okay strategy because if they are who we think they are. They'll find a way to get this win. There's not much time left. We already got two races. No, we got like four. We got Michigan, the Glen, Indy, and Daytona. I think are our last four. And that's what I was going to say. You know, just aside aside from betting, he made up some points at at Richmond. And McDowell and Suarez and AJ Allmendinger all had bad days. So now, now, now I kind of feel like. Michigan is an opportunity for him because this might be a place that McDowell won't be good at. It might be a place that Suarez won't be good at with how hot and cold track house is. Um, 40 points to the cut line with four races. If I, I think it's still a long shot, but I actually think it, there is a chance now compared to what we were looking at before Richmond, but I'm on tweet Bob Pockers and get him to pen and paper this. Someone tweet him. If you're listening to this, tweet at Bob Pockers and say, Bob, can you write us out a scenario where Chase Elliott can get in on points now? And Dude, it's impossible because you have all the stages and you can't you can't write the scenarios until the race before or the maybe two races before. No, no, it has to be the race before because you have three different opportunities to get points. And we're talking like five guys in the mix that could get in based off points technically. So I want some Bob simulations on that. Bob's good. Yeah, yeah. We could get some Bob Bob simulations. Simulations on post-its. But I um that's that's kind of all I'm thinking right now. Yeah, I don't like Denny it. Hamlin. I do think Denny is worth watching. I think Kyle Bush is worth watching. Think yeah. of, talking about Fontana. Yeah. Uh teams had pretty good mile and a half speed. They didn't really have it at Pocono, but you know, Kyle Bush at 10 to 1, 11 to 1, I don't think is bad. Denny, out of the Gibbs guys, Denny's been the best at these mile and a half. Remember, he won Kansas and he won Pocono a few weeks ago. And uh, I think I'd be – and he's hot right now. Denny's hot. Won, uh, won Pocono, came back to Richmond, finished second. Was the only Gibbs car that was really a legitimate factor in winning that race. Denny's got some hella momentum right now. So I am a little scared of Denny. But um, if there's anything I would bet before practice of qualifying, both 23-11 guys, because I think they're going to qualify up front, I'd bet Suarez 60-1. to I'd bet Chastain 18-1 to because he might qualify up front. 
And then I'm thinking about a Blaney bet, whether it's an outright or something along the lines of a top 10 or an advantageous matchup. I'll give you one. Like, I know you're on Harvick. Um, you have to be on Harvick, too. Everyone has to be on Harvick. There's no, I don't think I will. Put a dollar on him. Put Not yet. You know? I, I'm going to wait till practice if I'm going to be on Harvick or not. you got to believe in but, Billy Talisman. It won't work. If we're, if we're talking about speed, you know, I said Blaney's been the Pied Piper of the Ford camp on intermediates when it comes to raw speed. Um, there's a Blaney versus Harvick matchup, I think. Where was that? I don't see it. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not a Blaney. It was a Reddick versus Harvick matchup, and I like that. Reddick at plus money. He's uh just even money against Harvick. He's the underdog. I know they're saying, hey, Kevin Harvick won this race last year. But I think Tyler Reddick on this type of racetrack, especially in the latter half of the season, has had more raw speed. So I kind of like that as an early matchup to get on. But I don't know if I'm going to bet it yet. That seems risky. Seems a little risky for the books to put that out there. Seems like a trap. Well, Reddick, the problem with Reddick is he just he's just made untimely hey. mistakes and his pit crew has not been great. So that makes sense then. Yeah, it does make sense, obviously, why they would do that if they're looking at just human error. Um so yeah, uh it, you you said who you like. Obviously, we're all betting on Kevin Harvick. There's no way you don't bet on Kevin. You have to at least put like a penny on him. I don't care. Do it for morale. Do it for just being supportive. But it's uh it's talisman week for Kevin Harvick. Discord Trevor, get Zilla ready. Uh he's coming. So you're gonna see a lot of it. Uh I also like Elliot, Chase Elliott. I'm probably gonna ride him out for the next four weeks. Uh I feel like it's just it's gonna find a way to manifest. Whether that be Watkins Glenn, I don't I don't think it's gonna be Watkins Glenn. Uh, I think that uh he's got a little more work to do before we see some road course wins get sawed off. Uh, he's just got to figure this car out a little bit more on the roads. Um, but I like Ryan Blaney a lot. I think Ryan Blaney is someone that I'm going to look to add, especially with those odds you gave out on Bet Rivers. So, yeah, um, not much other than that right now. I'm going to definitely dabble around some top tens again this week. Uh, I'm trying to really have us a week where we get like three top tens that all cash and uh, with, with good odds. And I think it's possible. Uh, if you believe you can achieve, that's what I'm going to keep holding on to and uh and before i uh, i bow out of this one i'll let you close us out uh since you opened us up i, I just want to let everybody know there is a vote going on this week for garage guys caller of the month the garage guys report hotline caller of the month aka mr july there's three guys once again brady from mississippi hunter from arkansas aka casey Raysom and bill from belleville go to the report on youtube go to the you go to the voicemail uh segment of the show go listen to their voicemails bill from belleville if i had to vote right now and i'm leaving this up to the people by the way it's not just going to be like my decision you know I, I don't want people to think they're they're voting for no reason it's definitely a vote you have to vote um I, i'm leaning bill from belleville right now just because of my own personal like putting putting like everything else aside my personal humor that this guy is insane he got sponsored by great value coast law and won a short track race i uh, put coast law on the podium so shout out to that guy and uh but i also love casey racing i love the way he's doing it and then brady from mississippi one of the most consistent guys 
So go vote. We'll have the winner on next week's Garage Guys report. And there's a new link in the descriptions. You can go look at that. Gateway, IndyCar. We're going to be there. Buy a Garage Guys certified officially official ticket. That link will take you there so that you can buy your ticket for the Bomberito 500 through the Garage Guys. The only way to officially buy a Garage Guys ticket is on that link. We want to see you at Worldwide Technology Raceway at the end of the month. If you've never been to an IndyCar race, great time to go. If you have been to an IndyCar race, come anyway. Buy it with the link in the description. Thank you. That That's what I have to say. Yeah, it's all good stuff. Be sure to check that out. I am excited to be at that IndyCar race in St. Louis once again. But I just want to give one more shout out. Everybody that bet on Chris Busher, holy yeah. fuck, you should I brag do. about this. You should brag about this forever. There's, I couldn't believe the amount of money won in the Garage Guys Discord. It wasn't just a win for me. It was a win for everybody um, that, that had a little bit of Busher in their betting cards and if you didn't don't get discouraged we got plenty of time left plenty of more opportunities to to bet and win on the nascar nascar betting world so i appreciate everybody in the discord everybody on socials you know where to follow us at dale tanhart at garage guy chase at garage guys racing uh still at garage guys fs on twitter but garage guys racing everything else and Garage Guys NASCAR podcast on YouTube. Appreciate everybody once again. Let's have a hell of a profitable weekend heading into Michigan. We'll see you guys soon.